0: Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Welcome once again to Family Bridges, The Struggle is Real, a podcast to encourage millennial parents in their parenting journey. Thanks so much for joining us. I am Omar Ramos.
1: And I'm Veronica Avila. Now, in our last podcast, we talked about the importance of nurturing the child's brain. But it's also important, I think you you and I can agree, to nurture the child's heart. Of course. And that's exactly our topic today. We've called it... Feel this, feel that. To discuss further, we welcome our resident expert, Dr. Alicia Laos, and also our special guest, Dr. Maria Cornejo-Garcia. She is a clinical psychologist and adjunct professor for the Clinical Psychology Doctoral Program at Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois. Thank you both for being with us. Now, Dr. Maria Cornejo, as this is the first time that you are here with us. Thank you for being with us. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and the work that you do.
2: Well, thank you so much for inviting me. First of all, I'm very excited to be mm-hmm. here. Yeah, so the work that I do, I am an adjunct professor, as you Mm -hmm. said, and I've been uh teaching at Wheaton College with the doctoral program. And I've also been in private practice in the western suburbs of Chicago, Mm -hmm. mostly focused on children and their families. I tend to be sought out for Spanish-speaking services, psychological services, and have been working with a federally qualified health center in Lawndale, the Lawndale community in Chicago. I did that a few years. And I was in their pediatrics department, working with children and their families mostly Latinos and African-American population. So that's most of my background is children and families. Awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, Dr. Cornejo Garcia, thank you so much for joining us today. So here's the icebreaker, emotions. We all have them, but do we know how to identify them and do we teach our kids to do the same? This question is for everybody that's here today, and I'm going to start off with you, Dr. Alicia. Have any of us ever ignored or minimized our children's emotions? or do you remember a time when your parents ignored your feelings, when you kind of wanted them to kind of pay attention to that situation you were going through?
3: Yeah, it happened, I think, probably more times than we care to recognize. Mm -hmm. I can't pinpoint a moment, but I know you you come home from work, perhaps, and your brain hasn't turned off from the stuff that you have and the responsibilities, and your kids come with their excitement for the day, Uh, I can't specifically remember a day, but I know that if I don't habitually, when I'm driving home, tell myself I have to shut down and I got to put aside the stuff of work. Or as I park my car, if, if my mind is still going, i got to write it down on a notepad before I go inside the house. Because if I don't do that, what's going to happen is they're, they're excited mm-hmm. about their day because they're young right now. And so the world is amazing. And so they want to share their amazing discoveries for the day. And if my mind is on from the work stuff, I have a hard time tuning in and enjoying it with them. Yes. And so that's just a daily thing that I have to make sure I do. And when I don't do it, I will definitely dismiss them. I will because I'm too too caught up in mm-hmm. the turmoil of the day. Most definitely.
2: Mm-hmm. Dr. Cornejo? absolutely it's easy to get caught up in our work and bring it home in some ways in our heads and then I have older children that have adolescents and at that stage it's even more important to get out of our head and be more present but I know that I would say my kids would probably say that I've been checked out just as much as they have and there've been times where I won't even listen to the radio on the way home because I just don't want to listen or hear anything and so when I get home I have to consciously stop and say how was your day and I have to really work a little bit more with a Teenager, you know, or teenagers to see how their day really was fine and good and okay isn't acceptable, but that's what I get. And Mm -hmm. so I have to check myself back into the home and say, okay, so tell me more what's going on, how are things going. Sometimes they don't want to talk, and I have to walk away and figure out a way that I can decompress too and let them have their space before I can come back and say, okay, so I noticed that you know you seem a little stressed or you seem a little, but. Honestly, when, when we're feeling just as stressed, it's really easy to just go sit down at the TV or the vegetate. And <laughs> <laughs> And you know, and then your children see you and then they need to talk to you. And we have a, a running joke sometimes in our family where my teenagers come at inopportune moments. So they're all of a sudden, you're ready to check out again because you're tired. And they're coming out with, hey, I forgot to tell you about. And you're like, oh, now. <laughs> now. <laughs> I asked you many times before. So, yeah. It's, it's interesting how intentional and even more intentional and conscious you have to be even as they grow older when they're younger I think I had an easier time in some ways because they were tapping you for things that they really needed like basic needs that they needed mm-hmm. but as they grow older it was easier to kind of sit back and not pay attention as much because they didn't seem to need you as much so then it, it may seem that you know not interested mom's not interested but
1: i am yes we are as Mm -hmm. parents and you know what you just i think many of us and our listeners too i think right now it's like one of those moments (laughs) we're like oh my goodness i have done that oops (laughs) but now we're going to learn that yes just like both of you just said we have to stop that mind thing that we got that we have going before we get home so that we're able to listen to them because it's important. And it's probably going to have consequences if we do not. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and experiences. Now let's go to our first skit. This is called Cheer Up.
4: I'm heading out for a bit. Do you need anything? No. What's wrong? Nothing. You sure? Yeah. You want to watch a movie or something? No. You wanna play a game? No. Come on, Miles, something's up. What is it?
5: Just low energy, I guess.
4: For no reason? Did something happen? No. Well, that's not like you. Come on, it's Saturday. Snap out of it. Okay. You want something to eat? No. It can't be the rain. You love rainy days. You wanna set up some water balloons and call the neighbors over?
5: I'm okay here. I just wanna hang out.
4: But you're not doing anything. Do
5: you need help or something?
4: No, just cheer up. You look so bored. It's sad. I'll go to my room. Don't bother, I'm on my way out. Just give me a smile. Uh,
5: I don't really feel like it.
4: Oh, come on, I'm not asking for much. Just a mild smile. Please, for your old mom. Miles! I
5: can't, it feels fake.
4: You know, when I get back, we're gonna talk about what's really going on with you.
5: Nothing's going on, I'm just sad.
4: Well, you have nothing to be sad about.
5: Okay, sorry.
4: You know, text me if you need anything. And please, for God's sake, just cheer up, okay? Okay. Bye.
0: Okay, and we're back. So we heard Miles, who's uh, 14 and feeling a little blue, and his mom is a bit annoyed. Insisting that there is something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that he's just having a down day because of the weather outside? Why do we sometimes assume that there's something else going on? And I am like probably the worst parent at this. <laughs> when I see Ileani and like, you know, when we've gone to church sometimes and she's just like, and I, I'm, are you bored at church? What's wrong? Nothing you want to go outside and talk about it? No. And I'm like, I'm thinking that something else is going on. I start freaking out and I'm distracted. I'm not paying attention to the message. Ah, what's going on, doctor? What's going on with me?
3: (laughs) I think we're right as parents. We're suspicious that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, Something happens. Kids are young and they're taking the world by storm and adolescence comes in and it almost seems like 360 degrees. Their excitement just turns the opposite direction to lethargy and just dragging on their feet and everything is heavy and it does feel like a depressed state that's mm. almost entered into that season of life. Uh-huh. So certainly some of it is developmentally happening and we need to catch on to that. But hey, as parents, when something in our gut tells us that it's wrong, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we need to listen to it. The approach is. Is what we have to work on. Yeah. How
2: we
0: do it, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. We need to work on it. I don't know about the mom's approach and the skit being the best.
1: Yeah. I listened to her and I was like, oh do we sound that annoying if we ask our kids what's wrong? Because and then she was like, Oh come on, there's nothing wrong. Cheer up. Like it's a switch on and off. Right. You'll be yeah. fine. Right. Yeah.
2: I almost wanted to sit the mom down and <laughs> say, are you okay? <laughs> is everything okay with you? Um, because, wow, you're very happy or need to be very happy. And and that right. piece was actually, I think, the most poignant piece for me was that sometimes as parents, of course, we get caught up in making sure that everything is okay and that when things are not okay, it makes us feel really stressed out and overwhelmed and we feel like we missed something so we might feel guilty even. And so we want to push it and push it. Teenagers, I agree with Dr. Laos. It's it, Teenagers can just bring on that depressed mode for several reasons. Developmentally appropriate sometimes, but and I agree too that you have to still stay in contact with them and figure out is it just that or is it something more. But we also have to pay attention to ourselves and what is it that we're bringing to the table. You know, as parents, it's easy to feel so guilty that we're going to try, we're going to try to force something mm-hmm. that isn't there at the moment, and maybe it's just a moment in time that needs to happen. You know. Um, sometimes with my teens I'll say, Right now you're feeling something and if you're feeling something, that feeling may change, so give it a chance because when it changes then all of a sudden everything looks different or feels different or think you can think differently about it. But sometimes I've been guilty too where I'll just sit there and say, Okay, we'll snap out of it, you know, like you need Mm to change it. And some of that is also I gotta admit, just being brought up in a certain way so like if we're in public and they're behaving kind of like down in the dumps the lethargy that you're talking about and they're mm-hmm. supposed to be more appropriate mm-hmm. about their behavior and they're not pulling through then i know my upbringing has been like you, you get it together and you you put on a good mm-hmm. face and you keep moving but when it's not happening then you feel like oh wait no you're misbehaving in some way but since this mom was at home with it sounded like that she was at home with her son it almost Seemed like she needed to give him a little bit more space, maybe check in with herself as well and say, okay, what is this about for me? So that I can maybe give him enough space to whatever brood if he needed to be brooding, you know. But I did, I felt like I wanted to sit her down first and <laughs> say, please sit down and relax and breathe. <laughs> it's going to be okay.
0: It was make believe, doctor. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving forward, according to experts, when we deny our kids' feelings, are we sending a message of rejection? Kids learn to associate sadness, uh, disappointment, and delusion as bad feelings, which they may later push away, but this can't be healthy, or is it, doctor?
3: You know, we heard in the skit that he said, I'm sad, and I think the mom Mm -hmm. negated that. Pick it up. Take the conversation to the next level. What are you sad about? Mm -hmm. The last time you felt this sad, what was it? How sad did you feel in comparison Mm -hmm. to the last time? Op- try to get more information. Of course. Try to get the story behind the sadness. Of course. And when they do, they can open up and they can get that out of their system. And then you have more information that you can then check in and say, give them a sense of value. Let them brood over it for a second. And then you can be, be, help them correct whatever faulty thinking that they may have because sometimes it could be sadness because of an interpretation of a situation they Mm experienced, and we've all had that, and you know, you built a story in your head that's bigger than the reality, Mm -hmm. but because you don't have an opportunity to process it with someone, it's a big monster. You talk it through with someone, then all of a sudden it becomes down to size, Mm -hmm. and you can handle it and manage it. So as a parent, what we can do is help kids process that, tell the story behind the feeling, Mm -hmm. and that way that's not carried you know, and has it carried with them. I mean, gosh, in counseling, Maria, you've you've experienced this so many times where you've checked in with kids and you explore the story a couple sessions later, the situation's fine. Whereas if they would have held all that, mm-hmm. or it's led to full-blown major depressive episode yes. and anxiety, and when you get to the bottom of it, you know, there was a bullying situation mm-hmm. in the hallway but then it really wasn't that much of a bullying situation, (laughs) and you let the kid explore it, you work through the circumstances, a couple of sessions later everybody's fine. If you as a parent are able to pick up on that and explore it, I'm not saying there's no need for us as professional Mm -hmm. psychologists, you know, we probably have a job forever, but Mm -hmm. gosh, there would probably be less need for us to be present in circumstances like that if we as parents are able to pick up on the feelings that they have, and explore it.
1: Now as parents and you just mentioned teens go through ups and downs, they're on an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. I guess in adolescence. Going to the other side of the spectrum if trying not to be like the paranoid parent, right? When maybe it's just they're just experiencing a sadness just moment. A bad day. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. but with everything that you hear on social media with other kids that are going through a strong depression, how do you measure between just a s- simple sadness moment, well, not simple but just a sadness
2: moment and depression. I think it's just important to keep a pulse on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that even if you've checked in once, you should probably check in again, mm-hmm. especially if you don't feel satisfied with your answer. I like that um, Dr. Lao so she was saying, you know, that if you have a gut feeling about something and you feel like sense that something's not right, then of course you should definitely not ignore it. You know, social media and all these things—they have a, a huge influence on mm-hmm. our children. And if we aren't checking in and listening more than anything, then that's going to be a problem. Our our children won't. Tell us because we won't pay attention. I know little ones as, as soon as they can speak, they will get frustrated and they will say, "You're not listening. You're uh-huh. not listening to me." You know, and that's their thing yeah. to let you know that hey, you really <laughs> didn't get it. You know, you missed it. you were mentioning in practice and in counseling a lot of times I, I point out that we have two ears and one mouth, and we end up using a lot more of our one mouth than our two ears. And mm. so for parents, it's really important to kind of just uh, sit back and say, "Okay, am I really listening? Am I really?" Gathering what is going on. Um, if you see that your child is going on with sadness for more than a couple weeks and it seems pretty consistent and they are being affected at school, um, their grades are dropping, they're not being as social, they're isolating, things like that, you might want to question depression and seek more help, of course. But if, uh, as we were mentioning, the roller coaster ride, it mm-hmm. can change, you know, and, and it's important to recognize how feelings tap our thinking and it taps our behavior and they're all like interconnected. And so without understanding that and allowing your child to show you that, hey, you know, I'm thinking this and I'm mm-hmm. feeling that and okay, I know this is what you see, mom, but I am okay and then you might miss, you know, so again, using the two ears and less of the mouth sometimes and really just repeating back to your child, okay, so you feel sad right now? Yes, I feel sad. Okay, I'll check in again and letting him know, mama's here. or dad's here, or whoever, talk to your older brother or your sibling, and sometimes it's not us as parents that need to be there, sometimes they'll feel more comfortable with somebody else. And that's okay, as long as it's a trusted person.
0: Those are some great tips. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much, uh, Dr. Cornejo Garcia, for sharing that with us. So we're going to go ahead and jump to our next skit. I love our skits, and they're me (laughs) leave. just by the way. Uh, (laughs) Our next scenario, we've named it, Calm Down.
5: Ella? What? Hey, 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 what's wrong? I'm just so mad right now. Why? It's Ari. These guys, they just... Just calm down. Have a seat. I don't want to sit. I want to go. Lower your voice. I don't want to sit. I want to go. Sit down. Ella, thank you. Now breathe. Breathe. What are you so mad about? these guys they texted Ari which guys I don't know just some guys she met from another school it doesn't matter okay what did they do they texted Ari we thought about asking you out but you probably won't be alive after this summer and I just want to get their names from Ari find out where they live which friend is Ari Ariel we've been friends since eighth grade she was over here last weekend of course of course and is she sick? Are you kidding? She has polycystic kidney disease. We organized a benefit for her last Christmas. I told you, calm down. Getting mad doesn't help. You know what would help if I went and put a brick through their window. I want you to count from one to ten. What? From one. This isn't to about ten. me. It's about those guys over there laughing right now, making I fun of my stand. I understand, but Ari has plenty of people to look out for her. You need to look out for yourself. You need to calm down. That's the most count selfish thing to I've ever ten. heard. Where are you going? Where do you think? I'm texting Ari back. Ella!
0: Wow, so that was a tornado of emotions there. Um, We heard Ella, who is 14, and her mom. Ella was very upset because uh, of the cruel comments made by two kids of her friend Ari, who unfortunately has uh, kidney disease. Instead of helping her label her emotions, mom was offering more of a logical solution. So her daughter doesn't get into trouble. So Ella shuts down and leaves. What just happened, Doctor?
3: Lots of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But Ella obviously has a strong social justice Mm -hmm. that is crashing with what her mom thinks her mom's value is, protect yourself and look out for yourself. So there's two different values that that are fighting against one another. But her mom's not really listening to to her. The state is very angry. I mean, Ella is so mad. So communication-wise, when someone is full-blown emotion and you appeal to their logic, it's not going to work. We just saw it. Because there's a mismatch. We have to take an elevator down to people's hearts. Whether they're sad or upset or mad or disappointed, we got to go and speak to their heart and be where they're at. Otherwise, we completely disconnect. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to logically convince your children about your viewpoint and you're very heady and they're very emotional, there's a mismatch. And so they just disengage and they walk out and they separate. And so what you as a parent want to do is take the elevator down to their Mm -hmm. heart and speak more to their heart. And once you hear them out, then you both can explore the situation. Mm -hmm. I really, you know, was like the social justice part, she's defending someone. Yeah, I thought exactly. that was great, but <laughs> the mom had a different perspective, but she couldn't have that conversation about a different co- perspective because it was it was very condescending, it was very mm-hmm. talking down kind of a thing. Yeah. Wow. Dr. Cornejo, what
1: happens or what message are we sending to our kids when we invalidate? Because it felt like Ella felt that her feelings were being, being invalidated. Um, what tips can we give parents when facing a similar situation?
2: Well, I mean, first of all, Ella, she was not going to calm down. (laughs) She was needing that space to be angry. So, one tip is to maybe allow them to you know vent a little bit at you if they need just talk to me and let me know what's going on uh, mom seemed to interrupt a lot and wanted all the little details mm-hmm. I've been guilty of that I know who are we talking about <laughs> what are we talking about and it you know it's irrelevant and we've had those moments too where we're trying to talk to somebody about something and we're very overly excited we're, we've escalated ourselves we're feeling really you know like we can explode and of course we don't want to give any other details than the ones that we want to give and mm-hmm. so remembering to empathize with that piece mm-hmm. even when we are still in our head that means that we may be a little bit, obviously in Ella's case, mom was a lot calmer than Ella and she was trying to get her to calm down. But I think the more important piece was that she allowed her to vent a little bit in a safe Place in a safe way because now Ella star- stormed off. I was a little worried for Ella now. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, what else are you gonna do now?" You know, she's was,
1: really gonna go look for those boys. and give them that's
2: something. To yes, I mean, I, I understand scenarios like that. I mean, it, with my teens as well, if like, they get upset, I and if I'm not ready for it, and I'm just you know, come on, you got to calm. And I'm trying to coax the calming down. It, it doesn't work. So allowing that space to vent is super important, but in a safe space so that they can be in a different place and a lot more of a like reflecting, mm-hmm. just reflecting back to Ella in this case what was she feeling, what was she thinking and empathizing too, like how terrible this poor girl, right. she's trying to defend her and how mean of those boys to do what they, I mean to say what they said that was very cold hearted mm-hmm. and even acknowledging, and this is one way to nurture the heart too, is just acknowledging how beautiful a heart her daughter has you know, mm-hmm. like wow, that was your friend is very lucky to have you as a friend as well, you know, that that's beautiful of you to say and, and I know that your heart's in the right place and, and I love that about you. Mm-hmm. You know, to say that out loud can also kind of maybe even bring down the emotion just slightly enough so that Ella can start thinking again. So you know two tips is spent and then probably empathize more and then nurture that space that says you know you you're a good person, you strong sense of justice is, is valuable. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It seems a lot easier said than done. Doctor, what kind of steps can a parent take to just kind of try to minimize a situation? and try to kind of connect with her child and be like, okay, this is what's going on, I I understand that you're angry, but this is the way that we should manage this before you get yourself in trouble, because obviously this young girl is already thinking about throwing a brick at someone.
3: Right, Yeah. and you can understand the mom (laughs) wanting to, in that regard, pull her down and go, okay, yeah, let's not go crazy. Dr. Maria Cornejo said it right. Validate the sense of justice Mm -hmm. and recognize what it meant and help her tell the story. You know, you can ask your kids, tell me the story, like if I were seeing it in a movie. Mm-hmm. Can you replay it for me? And sit back, let them tell the whole story. Um, you can press you know, down. Slowly yeah. nudge here and there for questions, but maybe don't become a detective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're just <laughs> yes. slamming one question after another. Yes. You can definitely clarify and move along the pieces. And when they've completely put that out on the table, then you can invite them to participate in a problem-solving strategy because now they've gotten that out of their system. Now all those feelings are out there and they're no longer going to interrupt the logic problem-solving process. If that whole emotion stuff is still bustling and out on the surface, it's really hard for them to logically consider things. So let them just put it out on the table. And then what's on the table, you can examine it with them. You can say, Okay, so let's see. What are different ways that you've seen this being handled? Mm-hmm. Okay, you wanted to step in. That's one way. And what would have been the consequences if you would have stepped in at that moment? Are there other people that could have stepped in? Were there teachers? You know, are there other adults that you could speak up to? So you could start walking with them and. Each option kind of arrive with them, well, what are the consequences, into to more of a back and forth, and you're activating in them some problem-solving strategies and opening up their world and, and their ability. So in the future, by doing that, you're teaching them how to problem-solve so the next time they run into a, this situation or other situation, you've helped them learn how to problem-solve. Awesome. Now, for
1: parents that have younger kids... When is it an age, or when is it appropriate to start talking to them about their emotions and how to? I had a teacher that used to say how to grok it, but it means how to process (laughs) it. Yeah, how to how to process their feelings and their emotions. What's an appropriate age? And then if we haven't done so, and we have teens now.
2: How do you turn that around and start again? Those are great questions. You know, little ones, you know, depending on their vocabulary already, their Mm -hmm. vocabulary development, they can communicate back with you. And if you know that they're already talking, then absolutely show them the little faces in the book and, you know, how is little Susie feeling? You know, how is little Bobby feeling? And, you know, he looks mad or he looks angry. And and developing that emotional vocabulary while Mm -hmm. you're reading a book Mm -hmm. or while you're even watching a TV show with them, you know, it's important to stop and say, oh my goodness, Dora was really excited when she she made it over the hill or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. anything to kind of point out visually how the emotion matches you know so when they're little and they're talking of course it makes it easier to know that maybe i can help develop their vocabulary when they're not talking it's still important to say you're throwing a temper tantrum you must be really angry that i didn't give you that piece of chocolate <laughs> it's okay just saying it in words all that talking with mm-hmm. your child or talking in general, interacting with them can help still develop that sense of vocabulary, that emotional vocabulary that's going to be important later. So, obviously, books are easy, you know, because you can visually show a child this or that. I've used the feeling faces many times. You can find that anywhere on the Internet and say, well, how are you feeling? I mean, I've actually told parents, look at it. (laughs) Look at it with them. Tell them how you're feeling. (laughs) You (laughs) can actually
1: find those at (laughs) FamilyBridgesUSA.com. We have some of those. So, yes, you can go there and and purchase them. But seriously, because I know those have been helpful for me as an adult because you're like, okay, well, maybe I didn't identify this emotion." I didn't know how to identify no. this emotion. <laughs> but for the parents that have the
3: older kids, how do you bring it around, Dr. Reynolds? Um you can do that across the lifespan, and I'm just laughing because my son will go, "Mom, Daniel right now is angry," so he's like puts himself as a third person, you know. So I go, "Well, yeah. what does angry Daniel need to do to calm down?" <laughs> you know, and so you could teach them that later on, and then they start using their words. And so, so you think of a three-year-old having a temper tantrum, and they're able to use their words. That's where you want to teach them that, so that they can start switching from just a bunch of blah feelings. Mm-hmm. I guess adolescents will have a temper tantrums. Actually, some adults will have temper tantrums when we don't have the emotional <laughs> <Yes>. vocabulary <laughs> yes. to talk it through. Yes. Um, we learn, and adolescents, you know, that's a great time to learn because they're so emotional. Mm-hmm. So we want to give them a vocabulary of emotions. What's going on? Okay, are you disappointed? Are you angry? What's behind that anger? And let them flesh that out. Give them a disappointment. But you don't want to just have This pity party thing, Mm -hmm. where they're just in a bubble, and I'm just going to be sad and moat and explode and emote, and that's my world. That's not healthy either. Mm -hmm. You know, just sitting there and regurgitating on everything negative is not helpful either. So we want them to have a vocabulary of feelings, so they can identify and say what's going on, and so then the purpose of that then is to do something with it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so angry, I need to learn how to self-control and I need to then learn how to cope with my anger. So, you want them to understand what the feeling is not to have a pity party Mm -hmm. and just, you know, sit there and sulk but just to identify it so it doesn't have power over them and then ultimately to have a strategy to pull forth and and, and push through that. Great. Mm -hmm.
1: Let's go ahead and listen to our next scenario. It's still Ella and her mom but with a different approach. This is how do you feel? Ugh. Ella. What?
5: Hey, 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 what's wrong? I'm just so mad right now. Why? It's Ari. These guys, they just, ugh. Keep going, I'm listening. <sighs> you know my friend Ari, she needs a kidney transplant. She's really sick. Yeah. We started hanging out with this new group of guys. Not like doing anything. You know, just hanging out. Yeah, Ari just got this text from them that said, we thought about asking you out, but you probably won't be alive after this summer. No. Yes. Yes. I mean, that just makes me so, so... Angry? Yes. I'd be angry, too. I'm mad listening to you. What should I do? What do you feel like doing? Finding these guys, kicking their teeth in. Okay, okay. I get that. Let me ask you, why are you so upset? Because they disrespected my friend. And how did Ari sound? I don't know. You didn't talk to her? She texted me. Okay, well, if you were Ari, do you think you want to get a text that said, Hey, Ari, don't worry. I found those guys and kicked their teeth in. Maybe. Really? It made me feel worse. Anxious. Embarrassed. Yeah, I guess. Why don't you give her a call? Tell her you're furious. And whatever she needs, you got her back. (sighs) Okay. Hey, it's worth a shot. All right. Let me know how it goes.
0: Okay, so we're back. Uh, Totally different day. Congratulations, Mom. She took uh, the time to listen to her daughter, Ella, and acknowledge her feelings, as well as guide her through the situation. This obviously makes a positive difference, Doctor.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, and the mom kind of had fun with it, too. Mm -hmm. She had her spirit in there, so she didn't lose her sense of... Of momness mm-hmm. gave her some ideas of how to handle the situation differently. But it just started with her listening, which is really the key that we've been trying to talk about this whole podcast.
0: Okay, so I want to share this with you guys. According to experts, beware of your own and children's emotions, validate your child's emotional experiences, approach your child's emotions as a teaching opportunity, help your child label their emotions and Problem solve with your child about handling emotions and emotional situations. Do you both agree?
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Nice summary, actually. <laughs> um, I think I agree with all of that. I think all of that is super important in terms of maybe we fail to, to realize how much that affects the self esteem and what a child thinks and feels about themselves. And so, what a nice recap of tips to how to build a self-esteem, you know, to have a, a child feel important when and that's what um, Lisa was telling us earlier is that narrating a story and listening at that time when the story is being told gives the child a sense of importance that, you know, what I have going on in my life is important and I'm listening to it as a parent. Well, for sure then it's important. You know, mom is making me feel important, making me feel like what it, what's going on in my life is important. But Mom, of course, like uh, the tip said, has to check to make sure she's ready for it. Because if she's going through ten million things and she has to be present when you're listening to a story, you have to be present in order to really be effective that you could miss if you don't realize that you're overwhelmed yourself. So I think the mom and the skit did a really nice job of, you know, really becoming more present, more relevant. She listened to all the important pieces that were helping her problem solve with her child later. So yeah, those tips were great. And I think the most important piece too is like how much that feeds a child's self esteem. Their ability to feel good about themselves because, wow, I've been through such conflict right now and such adversity, but mom guided me through even, and I had a hand in it, but she had a hand in it as well and helped me understand more. Our teenagers sometimes, and we've been there, you know, we think we know it all, right? Exactly, <laughs> At this point, yeah. uh, the teenagers' world is like, we know and all the parents don't know nothing, and you've never <laughs> been a teenager, you <laughs> never been a kid. But interestingly enough, you know, I, to a certain extent they might know more about what it's like to be a teenager nowadays, yeah. but we have all been through our life experiences, and so to help our children understand that you know what I'm going to listen to you and you will gather how much I really do know in an inadvertent way and sometimes you know as a parent we need that as well to help them understand that you know I can connect with you still I can still be relevant to you and I can still help you understand that you have a lot to experience in life but I'll be there you know I'll be there and how heartwarming Mm -hmm. that is how, how important that is for their sense of security still even at that age where sometimes we think they're independent they can just go and be free and do what they gotta do it's really important and to realize how how much guidance goes through adolescence, and how active a role as a parent you can play, still mm-hmm. it's just going to change slightly.
3: Yeah, and I would add that sometimes, right there in the moment, you are busy as a parent, you've got a lot of things going on, and sometimes your kids come and with whatever situation, and you might not be checked in. Mm-hmm. It's okay to go back in the evening or at another time, and do a rewind with them. You know, once you are settled down. Mm-hmm. I personally like to do a ritual with my kids at night. I spend a lot of time with them at night Mm -hmm. before putting them to bed because everything's been taken care of. Dinner, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole thing, bath, you know, everybody's ready to go to bed. And I just sit with them. We read and stuff and we do check ins. What was your low? What was your high? And they ask me, you know, and I feel like I need to be authentic with them so they can also be authentic. And then I get all these stories Mm -hmm. and it's an opportunity to. Flesh it out and talk about whatever is happening in their world. Or I say, you know, I remember that yesterday you told me, whatever in my brain, you know, I wasn't there. Can you tell me a little bit more about what's happening? So, just it's okay. Sometimes we miss the moment, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we we miss completely the opportunity of to speak into their lives. Yeah,
2: absolutely. There's always a chance. Always. Yeah. A chance.
1: yeah, yeah. I love that, and that that's a great ritual that we can all do as well at home. Because right now you just said being present is important. Most parents out there listening will agree that we want our kids to come to us because if we're not present, Mm -hmm. you know they're going to go look somewhere
3: else. And do you know what We've seen it Mm -hmm. a few times where perhaps for a long time parents have had a a good long attachment. Comes adolescence, something happens in the life of the parent, Mm -hmm. bankruptcy in the home, a loss of a job, and it's just difficult for the parent, and they disengage for. Three months. And then those three months, it's like they have another kid now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, oh, my goodness. And, the, you know, then they come to counseling because th- things have taken a turn. You know, now the kids are listening to their friends. And obviously we cannot, as parents, protect or prevent mm-hmm. these extraneous things from happening oftentimes that interrupt our life. hmm But boy, oh boy, as parents, we, especially during those adolescent years, well, across the lifespan, we can't miss a beat with these kids in terms of attachment, and we need to hold each other accountable. And Mm -hmm. if you're a single parent, find a mentor, another father figure, another parent, another mom, or something that can walk along with you. So if you've, you can have someone that you can vent and lean on so you can, as a parent, be present. So important to continuously check in with your kids. And again, it just takes a very short period of time for them to deflect mm-hmm. and go to someone else because they have so much need. Yes, most definitely.
0: Wow. Yeah. Some uh Let's take insightful. notes. Yeah. yeah I'm <laughs> taking notes right here. And I hope you that are listening is doing the same thing. Okay. Well, thank you both for sharing such great advice, Doctor Cornejo. Where can people contact you?
2: Good question. Yes. <laughs> Probably through family bridges would <laughs> be the best way to try to contact me. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay, that's through family smart. bridges. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for today's
1: topic. Thanks for listening to the struggle is real. Make sure to share it with other parents and caregivers.
0: Download the struggle is real app and don't. We have an app already.
3: We do have an app and. Um I'm
0: kidding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but let me tell you about it. It's really cool because if you guys haven't checked it out, check it out. Because I always have... get
0: people asking, yes, the app, the app, the app. So it's it's. Cruise. I guess sometimes people find it, and yep. then some people don't find it. So. It's Family Bridges. Family Bridges, okay. It cool. has
3: our nice green and blue colors. Mm-hmm. Download it, and when you download it, you get to play the podcast directly from there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what's cool is there's uh, tools. So in every season, we have all sorts of tools. So for example, for this one, you might we find tools about how to cope with feelings and different ideas of how to get your kids the different ages, how to tell their, you know, help them tell their story. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more resources. We've got developmental, you know, every single podcast, we actually have tools that you can download and print. We actually had a daycare center say that they air the podcast and they print all the printables and the parents take it. So do check it out. Check out the tools that we have available. I think you'll find them very helpful. Continue the conversation at home and with other parents as well. Mm -hmm.
1: Very useful.
0: Once again, we'd like to invite you to download the app, The Struggle Is Real. Veronica, anything else you'd like to add?
1: Yes, of course. If you also want to go and look for blogs, tips, and more on social media, you can find us with the hashtag, The Struggle is Real, or hashtag TSIR.
0: Thanks for tuning in. I am Omar Ramos.
1: And I'm Veronica Avila. Till Til next time. time.
0: This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.